Hey podcast, what's up? Hope you all are doing well. I'm your host, Saskia, a.k.a. Rishkesh, an aspiring investor and podcaster all over from India. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, Ms. Amanda Wilson, all over from USA. She has a master's degree in finance, plus she is working now more than five years in corporate finance. She's a YouTuber and also posts an amazing also put amazing post on Instagram by the name of the Letters Think. I'll tell you, if you want to excel in finances or in market, you can't miss her updates or the updates she puts on Instagram. Now I will present you Miss Amanda. Hello. Um, so yeah, I think that's a pretty good introduction. Thank you for that. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Amanda and I've worked in finance, um, honestly, almost 10 years now, which is kind of sad. I didn't realize I was that old. <laughs> I've spent the majority of my time working in banking um, on the corporate side of that. So doing a lot in treasury um, or just working on the risk side. Um yeah, as you mentioned, about a year ago, I started a YouTube channel, um, Finance, and it focuses primarily on financial education and financial news. So the, the purpose of the channel was that I wanted to be able to discuss uh, some of those more kind of difficult topics within, within the field of finance um, and kind of topics that aren't just covered in personal finance, but also kind of like thinking about understanding, well, what is a stock? What is a bond? Um, thinking about kind of some of the financial formulas of like discounting cash flows and all of these analysis that you're expected to do when you work in the field. Um, and I wanted to be able to talk through those and make them make sense. Um, and then also really talk about any sort of financial news that is going on um, and try to make it clear why is this important and what does it mean for you in your day-to-day life. So really my my channel focuses on those two pieces, financial education and financial news. So yeah, I'm happy to be here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Okay, ma'am. So here's the first question I want to ask. Ma'am, uh, if... Uh, when it comes to investing, uh, what is your investing philosophy? Uh, sure. So I, I would say I think that the best philosophy to take on is to find out first and foremost what you're comfortable with. Um, so okay. I, 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 oh, is that all? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I know that depending on where you start, um, maybe you just need to figure out kind of what are stocks and what are bonds and you're trying to, to figure out how do I even go there. So typically, I, whenever I'm talking to someone who's newer in investing, I typically say, why don't you try something like Robinhood or something like that and just start out small, um, maybe buying some ETFs um, and then going from there. So to me, I think the biggest thing is figuring out what level of risk you're willing to take um because investing is risky like it's it's not that it's without risk you can lose whatever amount you're putting in there so um i think going in with that information of finding out what works for you um, and being an informed investor i think is is probably the best advice i could give to anyone okay that's perfect man uh so here's the question came from our audience uh currently the hot topic in market is the stock split 
as the tesla announces the uh, the stock split i guess a uh, 5 to 1 mm-hmm. yeah is it 5 right? to 1 yes. oh yeah uh, as they announced the 5 to 1 there's a lot of confusion uh, in the, like what what is the stock split uh, is it uh, going to benefit the previous investment is it uh, so what do you think first i will uh, i would like you to explain what is a stock split then uh, how it will affect their previous investments and lastly is it good for is it good or bad sure so um in terms of what a stock split is i actually recently did a video on this because not only has tesla did a 5 for 1 stock split but apple a few weeks back did a 4 for 1 stock split so i guess in terms of what a stock split is it's just simply taking a share so i think tesla if i remember correctly it closed out the week at 1650 so it's taking that one um share and then dividing it into five equal shares um So typically companies are going to do this because they're trying to uh increase the liquidity of their shares and in this case just saying they're trying to increase the marketability of their shares. So when a a share is trading mm-hmm. over $1600, uh, there's a lot of people who are now going to say, "Well, I'm going to sit on the sidelines. I I can't I can't buy this stock for that much money," right? And so companies want to make their shares okay. more marketable. And so when they split them, this allows for the price to go down obviously it's in this case it's going to be 1650 divided by 5 and so now more people can come in and purchase that stock on the day of the split there's no impact to the company or to you um the only things that really are going to change are any per share calculations so for instance earnings per share is obviously going to go down because now you have more shares that you're dividing your earnings by um but in general on the day of the split itself it doesn't affect you But I think as a shareholder if you held for instance one share of Tesla and now you own 5 I think that oftentimes what you'll see is that the price of that um stock is able to go up faster now because now all of a sudden you have more buyers and sellers in the pool and so um when demand increases uh obviously prices increase and so the price of that that stock is probably going to increase faster so it's good for someone who owns it um because if for instance if you sell out a portion of it you're able to sell like maybe two shares if you hold five after the split um and you're probably going to be able to sell those at a higher price um simply because when demand goes up so does the price um i would say in terms yeah. of is this a good or a bad thing i think i think in general it's I I don't know. I think I I think it's probably good in that it does increase the liquidity of your shares. So from the company standpoint, I think it's going to increase their uh, marketability. More people are going to be willing to buy and sell their shares. Um and I also think that it allows for the shares to increase at a faster pace in terms of their price. So I think that's good for the company. I think that um in terms of you as an investor, it's also good because as i mentioned before the price can go up faster so you're probably going to see an increase in your holdings um at a faster rate um but i really think it is up to the company itself as to what it is they're trying to do i know that um berkshire hathaway they are famous because they have never actually split their shares despite the fact that they are trading at such a high high um price so it really is a company yeah. decision but i i think that there are benefits in doing it for both the company and investors Yeah, uh just to make sure i uh, i have a doubt here uh when you say uh they they split the stock and earnings gonna down uh but uh but if if uh, one stock 
if a one stock holder holds one stock now he got a five stocks so his earning will be same uh, or will be more or will be less oh so but now he has a five stocks instead of one stocks yeah so the earnings will be the same um but i guess what i was saying was that anything that's calculated on a per share basis is going to go down so let's say their earnings are $10 and they have one share that's outstanding so now the earnings per share is $10 per share but if they split that and now they have two shares now they they have their earnings are $5 per share um so really their earnings stayed the same but just because now there are more stocks the amount of earnings per share is smaller if that makes sense okay uh, but uh, it, uh, it, it's for the uh, stock per share but but what what about dividends are, are they cutting dividends to uh, in each, uh, whatever the initial uh, initial they have dividends or or they lower the dividends also that's a good question i'm actually not sure what tesla is doing regarding their dividends um i would say um yeah that i think that would just depend on the situation so i mean if they said they're going to give a dollar per share right now today and then uh and then later on they made they changed that i i don't know i would say that that it just kind of depends i don't and i personally don't know what tesla is doing uh regarding their dividends at this time okay so that will depends on company Yeah, right. I mean I I don't think they're going to try to do anything that's going to make the dividends make the investor worse off in terms of dividends. I don't think, but yeah, I don't know. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh so I hope this answers our audience questions. So the next question one of the audience asked, I think uh I have also seen this post on your YouTube channel. Uh what's better uh, i i uh, i'm honestly uh, telling you i have think on this uh, post for a lot of time and i also have prepared one of the answers but i would like you uh, hear to your answers first what's better $4000 per week for life <laughs> or 2 million now yeah so i did do a post on this um so basically what i conclude in it So in finance there's something called the um present value of cash flows. And so technically in order to answer the question you can use this formula and you can say um I could take the 2 million dollars a day or 4000 dollars a week per life and you can plug it into the formula. But what it depends on is the rate of return. So yeah. Um if you get the 4000 dollars per week per life for life then you're saying that Uh, let me start here. So let's say you get $2 million today. Um and you can invest that and you can earn 10%. Well, that's 10% that you're not going to get if you don't take the money today. So if I take the $4,000 a week for life, then I'm not going to get that 10% um return. I mean, maybe I'll invest those $4,000 um but as we know, if I start out with $2 million a day and I grow at 10% for 30 years that's going to be probably a lot more than if I'm trying to do that with small amounts over the next 30 years. So, I guess my point is that it all depends on do we think we're able to grow that money at a cert- at a rate that um is going to be more than what all of those cash flows add up to be. So, 
I, I think there's multiple factors that play into it. One, are we are we capable investors who can earn a high rate? Take the two million dollars today. Uh, two, how long do we think we're gonna live? Because obviously, if we think we're gonna live <laughs> for another seventy years, then four thousand dollars a week for the rest of your life sounds like a lot. So I, I don't think that there's a clear cut answer. I do think it depends on a couple of factors. Um, if it were me, what would I do? Just off the cuff. I would probably take the $4,000 a week for life because I think that I will live long enough that it will be good. Um, and I don't think that if I were to take the $2 million a day that I would invest it in something where I would get some magnificent return. I don't think, but I don't know. Ask, ask me again when there there's real money involved. <laughs> Maybe my answer would change. Okay. So uh, I don't know uh, my answer is... Uh right or not just i thought on that uh let's say if you get uh two million dollars per now mm -hmm. and uh, uh have you uh have you uh like uh, heard the story of booga who booga i, I think i correct correct pronoun pronouncing him booga who just won a fortnite cup uh winning i think three million cash uh yeah i don't i don't know about that at all yeah uh yeah uh that boy just uh it's not just it's i think uh, around six or eight months he, he won a three million dollars but he loses in tax a uh, lost tax around like 1.2 million mm -hmm. in taxes so uh, what we can do with two million dollars now uh, if we if we invest in the uh, real estate and if we get uh we if we uh, invest that money in uh, two million in real estate we can get uh, like in distributions money without paying taxes even if we compare to four thousand dollars per week uh if you want to invest like uh i think the uh, if we compare according to the tax bracket according to me two million uh taking two million dollars per now and investing in real estate and uh taking returns in distributions i think that's the be better way but i i don't know like that's the best way or not yeah it's just my opinion. no i agree i think that uh if you can use the money to make a better return yeah for sure i think you should definitely go that route i think i agree with you i i don't know the right answer it takes a lot of assumptions <laughs> yeah so uh, so the uh next question is, uh is again from the audience uh this uh confusion about like uh most of things are like uh, cash uh, cash real value is decreasing like uh, one dollar in 2020 is not gonna be the same one dollar in 2021 so why is that uh sure so i mean i think that there's a couple of factors so one obviously i think is inflation so in general we know that when time passes inflation increases and so the value of the dollar declines um, so other than that, I would say uh, another thing would be foreign exchange. So any time that the dollar is losing value against another currency, which there's so many factors that play into that. There's political factors. Um, there's economic factors in terms of what's going on in the economy. There's even pandemic factors. So like right now we're going through something that's pretty severe and which has impacted a lot of currencies and a lot of economies. Um, and so I think that will that cause the dollar to go down in terms of value? 
I think we're seeing some of that now. Um, but yeah, I think that there are plenty of factors, but I would say some of the primary ones are going to be um, inflation, foreign exchange rates. Um, and then I guess another one that I didn't really mention would be interest rates. So um, yeah, I think that it's kind of a combination of various factors. Uh, so there's a uh, one doubt coming in my mind. Uh, let's say uh, if we put a thousand dollar cash as uh, in form of cash, and we invest that thousand dollars in let's say in, uh, some some investments, and we we we, uh, we hope we'll get uh, let's say we get returns ten percent or let's say we get ten percent returns. So this ten thousand uh, dollar cash and the thousand dollars we invested are they gonna same or uh, are they gonna be different like because one in cash and one in investment um i mean i think that at least so for instance in the u.s if you have a, a run hood account or something i mean you got to take it out in cash so like if you sell the stock you're gonna get u.s dollars um, and so I guess in that sense, it's kind of the same. Um, but if you don't take it out, then no, I think that they're different. Um, I think the problem is that, though, if you do have to sell those investments and you get it in U.S. dollars, but now the U.S. dollar is worth, worth less than it was, then I think that that's when the problem would come into play. Um, but if you can sell it for some other currency, <laughs> yes, I guess you'll be fine. Yeah. Okay, ma'am. So <clears throat> I will jump uh, my own questions. Uh, this is uh, the previous questions all from the audiences. I hope the audiences who sent us questions will get uh, the answers, whatever they want. Now the I, we will jump out my own some of my own questions. So, ma'am, uh, what are the tips uh, would you like to give to the youngsters who wants to like saving money, like tips on saving money? Um, sure. So I think that um, I think the best tip that anyone can give is to start as early as possible. I think that um, they, you know, people always talk about compound interest and it's true. Like if if you start saving money whenever you are younger, you're and you're putting it in a place where you're earning interest on it, then at some point you're going to be earning interest on your interest and pretty good place to be. And so start as early as possible. Um, I would say making a budget for yourself is something that's really important. I know that uh, my husband and I, we have a pretty extensive budget. And the reason why we have that is because of me. <laughs> so I've made a pretty extensive <laughs> Excel spreadsheet where uh, we lay out everything that we're going to do with our money. And we make sure that we put away as much as possible in savings and for investing. Okay. Um, and we we check our budget every single quarter. So every quarter we go through, we say, did we do what we said we were going to? Are there places where we need to adjust? Because that may be the case. Maybe ch things change in your life. And so your budget does need to change. Um, and I think another thing, probably another thing would be just to automate as much as you can. So if you can automate your savings so that way you don't even have to think about it, that's probably going to help you to be more accountable to actually saving. Um, so I know that's one thing that my husband and I do is we automate our savings and then we automate money that will go to an, into our investment accounts. Um, and 
automatically it's taken out anytime money comes into our account. And so we're able to just know, okay, well, this is all the money that we have left to, to, to work with. And so that way we don't, we don't think about trying to use our savings for something else. Okay. Uh, now we have saved money. Now I want to ask uh, the tips on investing that money. Sure. Um, so as I mentioned, I think a little bit earlier, I think the best place to start for new investors is um, just with ETFs. So um, depending on where you're at, I don't know what like brokerage applications are available, but I know a very easy one to use um, in the States is Robinhood. Um, and I would say finding one of those kind of more easier ones. I, I think it's easy because it has a good user interface and it's just like, uh, it's kind of like a, it's like the iPhone, I would say, of brokerages where it's just like, it's just very intuitive. Um, and so I would say start there and then just buy some ETFs. I think that gives you an idea of how the market moves. So for instance, if you buy an ETF that tracks some broad market index, like the S&P 500, um, you just get an idea of how it moves and you can learn from there and you can see it grow. Um, and I know for some people, that's absolutely enough for them just to get the return on those. And if that's enough for you, then you can stop there um, and just buy ETFs. Um, but as you get more familiar with how the market moves, um, maybe you want to venture out and try stocks. I would say go that route. And then um, at some point, if you feel comfortable, then going into options is a good idea. Um, but I definitely think it depends on your risk appetite and I guess your ability to actually invest yeah. Uh, so with investing, I uh, I want to ask if uh, if a big that's uh, I ask for me I uh, ask every time whenever one of the investor teams if if a beginner want to start in investing career uh, should he go for the uh, high players like uh, Tesla, Apple, Coca Cola, or should he go for the companies? Uh, who are currently undervalued but uh, like gonna be more valued in the future because finding that companies are real tough tough task so what should you suggest uh, uh, what what approach uh, should you take should you go for the high players or should you find the uh, low players who are gonna be the high in the, in next some of the next years that's a good question I mean I, I think probably it's best to have both um, I think it's always good to have those stocks that are just pretty consistent, um, which a lot of times those are kind of like an Apple or a Google. Those stocks, at least for the past several years and most likely going forward for the foreseeable future, they're pretty consistent. Um, but I, I do think that finding undervalued stocks is something that we we should try to do, um, especially if we think that they hold long term value. I think that. Um, I think that that takes a little bit more effort for um, people. And so if you're not interested in putting in that effort, then I would say if you just want to stick with the higher price stocks, that makes sense. Um, I, I guess the more notable names, um, that makes sense. Um, because I do think it takes a little bit of effort to try to find, well, what stock do is actually undervalued? Because I, I think just because the stock is valued um, and I think we have to kind of go through that analysis on our own to actually come to a conclusion as to whether or not it's truly undervalued um, yeah yeah okay 
sure uh, the uh, next question i want to ask like uh, if uh, someone uh, someone uh, someone wants to start in the market uh, should he go to, to uh, should he start with a broker or should he just go alone in the market because if he go to the broker it's uh, it's earnings going to cut by the fees and if he uh, if he go alone uh he should uh he 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 has to not pay fees mm-hmm. but there's a risk so what should you suggest um ah uh, this is a good question uh <laughs> so i know that there have been a lot of studies that have been done on this as to whether or not an active uh management style is better than a like a passive management style and a lot of the studies have found that active managers don't really beat the market in terms of returns. And so okay. obviously I think this is an individual choice. I'll say for myself personally, my retirement account is actively managed. My personal investments though, I manage myself. So <laughs> I don't nice. if that tells you where I stand on it, I personally I don't I don't pay any managers to manage um anything apart from my retirement account. Um but my mm-hmm. individual investments, yeah, I just do it on apps on my by myself okay so i want to tell audience it's on you <laughs> if you uh, just make sure uh, pros and cons of both side and take the best decisions whatever so they will do you sure. so the next question is about the portfolio uh, let's consider about the moderate risk not high risk not the low risk let's just consider about the moderate moderate risk for the active investor mm-hmm. like he actively researching and doing research and investing so what should be his portfolio like in terms of um like what should they be uh, uh like uh, terms of owning a certain amount of stocks bonds funds like what should be his portfolio Oh, okay. So I think that this oof, another good question. Um so I am not a portfolio manager, so I do want to make that clear. Um I do think that I I hate that I'm answering everything with it depends, but in this case, I feel like it does depend again. So I know typically depending on your age, you have an ability to take on more risk. So for instance, let's just think about stocks and bonds. Stocks are equity in a company and they um they are paid after any sort of debt that the company has so if you if the company goes bankrupt they're first going to pay off their debt holders and then they with whatever is left they'll pay off their equity holders so with stocks yeah. you have the ability to lose everything now if you're younger let's say you are 19 you have a long time that even if you lose everything you have a long time to gain that back but if you're at the other end of the spectrum okay. and you are let's say you're 70 you don't have so long to to win to gain all of that back so if you lose everything right now at the age of 70 you may just be out for the rest of your life that sounds so morbid i'm sorry um but yeah that's that's something that you have to factor in is like what stage of life are you in so if you're typically um the more old like the older a person is you should hold more bonds because as i mentioned before um in the event of a company going bankrupt they're typically going to they have to pay off their debt holders first and as a bond holder you are a debt holder um but then also you're going to get consistent interest payments so on a um 
on a stock, you're not necessarily going to always get dividend payments. Um, there are some stocks that are dividend known to be dividend stocks, but um, a bond gives you kind of an, a consistent income stream. They're pretty low risk, but they're also usually pretty low return. So I would say it, it depends on your age, um, but I, I think it also does depend on what is your financial situation. So if you have a lot of money that you can burn through, um, again, stocks are riskier, so you can think about holding those. If you don't want to have, if you don't have a whole bunch of money that you're willing to just burn through, then again, going to the bonds, which are kind of a more stable um, investment. That being said, if you think you're an excellent investor who can find the greatest stocks ever, maybe it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> if you think that your ability to pick out great stocks is excellent, then then go that route. So you uh, mentioned about the picking the uh, better stocks. So uh, I know the uh, this this question is uh, like uh, so. How do you pick the better stocks? Um, I'm sorry. What was the question? Uh, so like, uh, how can one should? Uh, I know how one can should like pick better stocks mm -hmm. while investing. Uh, that's a good question. I think that a lot of it takes, um, I think you should put in the effort to learn about the underlying company. Like, I, I think, I mean, if you want to do like more technical trading and you just want to trade based off of kind of momentum, um, I think you need to learn about how to do that. And the same thing goes if you're trying to learn about the fundamentals of the company. I think that um, I think that it does take practice and it takes time. Um, but I think in terms of just some tips, one would be just watching the news. So stocks are greatly impacted by the news. So for instance, if um, like this past week, Uber and Lyft, um, they are, they're having some battles right now in the state of California in terms of whether or not um, they're going to be operating there for a while. Um, and so it impacted their stocks. And so I think being able to pay attention yeah. to the news is important. Um, it's just a great place to start. Um, I mean, there's also resources in terms of uh, you could, I don't know, read uh, blogs, you could watch my YouTube channel, <laughs> um, or I think obviously looking at their financial statements, if you want to dig into those. Um, and try to do that. Another thing you can do is listen in on their earnings calls. So uh, those usually have a, a pretty good amount of information um, and you're able to, to listen into those. Um, so if you have the time uh, and you're available whenever they're giving that, I would say listen into that um, and it'll help you kind of get an idea of where is this company going and do and kind of shape your opinion as to whether or not you think that this is a good long-term investment or not. Yeah, that, that's perfect. Uh, so as my man, you know, the pandemic happens. So uh, is the, is this pandemic uh, impacted the market? And if, if it's impacted, uh, what's the impact? Is the markets uh, go low or is the market rising? Uh, I'm sorry, it was your question. Is the pandemic impacting the market? Yeah, uh, as the uh, pandemic happen, happens, so is this uh, Corona impacted the market? Or if uh, if it's really impacted, what was the impact? The market's gone down or it's gone rising? 
Uh, yeah, so I think this is, it's been pretty crazy this year, actually. So at the start of the year, obviously, uh, markets were up. Um, but then as the pandemic began, markets just dived. So back in like March, um, they hit like a pretty low point. But since that time, they've really been rising a lot. And I think that this has been kind of perplexing to a lot of economists and a lot of people who study the market because it seems like under every circumstance, the market should not be increasing, right? Like it doesn't, like if you were to look at this under a textbook situation, we're in a recession, um, at least in the US, 10, 10% of, um, we have a 10% unemployment rate, which is really high. Like that means one in 10 people who are able and wanting to work don't like don't have a job. So under all circumstances, we would think that the market would be doing terribly right now, but it's not. Um, and I think that this is causing a lot of, mm, I, I would say, I don't know if it's concern or not, but a lot of people are thinking like, well, whenever this blows up, it's going to be really bad um, because many people think that the market is overvalued um, and that we're really just waiting for the market to crash again. Um, and so the fact that it's doing the exact opposite right now, I think is perplexing to a lot of people and I would say also concerning. So in general, I would say the market is doing pretty well given what's going on. Um, and okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> uh, so ma'am, uh, uh, I just, uh, you're uh, like, as in the corona, this pandemic, I think uh, it shows us the one thing, uh, like the uh, the traditional businesses we are doing in this situation, uh, in this whole pandemic scenario, uh, it changes the uh, like point of view of uh, seeing the businesses. Like we have the traditional businesses where we have the offline sources, like we put a, putting a shop and then we are selling, but in this pandemic scenario like most of the points of point of views or the mindsets are shifted towards the online so do you think like as the tech bubble happens happened before in around whenever the internet is new is it coming again because like the industry is changing we first have youtube then we have tiktok which blown up now the audio industry is rising so are we going again to the tech bubble or is the tech bubble coming again? Uh, so I recently read an article where someone was uh, suggesting just that, that this is what they're seeing in the market right now is very reminiscent of the dot-com bubble. So it, we might be, yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. And, uh, if the, uh, mindset is changing, uh, what would you like to is that impacting the stock market? Um, I mean, I think that a lot of the increases in the market that we're seeing are coming from tech. So I, I do think it's impacting the stock market. I think so because a lot of people now are reliant upon, as you mentioned, a lot of these tech companies. So people are far more reliant on Google or far more reliant on Zoom or all of these other kinds of tech um, companies. And that's where we're seeing a lot of the growth within the stock market is in, in the tech sector. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's what's causing the market to rise the way that it has been. 
okay so now uh, this is all the investing questions now i want to ask a really funny question ma'am uh, what is your idea of happiness ma'am that's a good question um i guess i would think that being happy is just genuinely being satisfied with your life like you're not like you're just you're just happy with i i hate to use happy you're satisfied with where your life is you're satisfied with um your friends you're satisfied with your job and not to say that you don't want more um because i think we oftentimes we still want to strive to do better we want a promotion at work we want um we want to have more money you know i'm not saying that you don't want those things but that you're able to look at where you are and say it's good like what i have is good Okay. Uh so here's the another question ma'am. Uh if you weren't you who would you be? Ooh, who would I be? Mm-hmm. Um I think I would like to be Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yeah, Barack Obama post presidency though because pre- presidency sounds a little stressful but post presidency and having all of the knowledge that he has and uh just enjoying his life. I'm I'm curious of what Yeah, I'm just curious like what is going on in his head now? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Miss Michelle Obama has just started podcast <laughs> I think. Uh mm-hmm. she will be helping with uh, with the podcast yeah <laughs> no no that's funny. I, i'm just kidding no offense <laughs> to mr barako so uh, this is the next question i want to ask if money did not matter uh, how would you spend your days uh i probably wouldn't spend them too too different than i spend them now so i enjoy finance so i i think i would still want to work in finance um in some form um and i would want to teach uh finance as well so i mean i do that right now through <laughs> youtube videos um i probably would Yeah, I think that those would probably be the things I would do in terms of work. Um because I I genuinely enjoy the field of finance. I think it's something that for me it's not just about I know a lot of people get into it because they want to make a lot of money and for me I just I find the field interesting. I find the information very interesting. So apart from doing those things, I would probably live somewhere where I had a whole bunch of land and had a vineyard. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> that would be what i would do with my life tend to my vineyard and work in finance <laughs> okay and this is the last question of the segment i want to ask sure. uh if you are the leader of the whole world what's the five things you want to change oh goodness oof that's pretty intense uh I think I would want to address the issue of clean water. Uh so I know that clean water is not readily available for everyone. Even in the US, clean water is not readily available everywhere. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so having clean, drinkable water, I think, would be the first thing I would think about. <sighs> Five of these. Whoa, that's so many. Uh, <laughs> um, I would want to address the issue of health care. I'm sure that everyone says that. So how can we do that? Uh, I'd want to address the issue of education. Um, how can that be available to everyone? Uh Let's see. I Well, those are the big things. Education, healthcare, uh education, water. Um let's see. I think well, I'm just going to burn the last two cuz I don't know. Let's see. I think that everyone would need to um do something fun for one hour a day. I would make that a rule that everyone has to do something fun at least one hour a day. Um, and then, I don't know. I think there's probably a lot of mental health issues right now. So making yeah, mental health resources um, more readily available and cheaper because right now they're very expensive. So not even everyone who, who needs them or is able to get them. So, yeah. So, okay. So podcast, this is all for today. I hope this episode will bring a ton of value to you. And in the end, I want to say, as Ellen DeGeneres says, let's be kind to one another. And I want to add, let's help one another and let's rise together. So ma'am, thanks. It was an honor to have you on, on my show. So podcast, this is all for today. I hope this episode will bring a ton of value to you. At the end, I want to say, as Ellen DeGeneres says, be kind to one another and let's help each other. So we will meet in the next episode. Until then, peace out.